Michael here. Welcome to Exodus Anonymous. Do you want to own a boat rental business in Austin and get to hang out with people on the lake, having good times, all that kind of fun stuff? Uh, we went through a deal that I think is pretty interesting, located on Lake Travis, uh, west of Austin. It is a relatively new business that rents boats to people and had some interesting stuff about it. We went super deep into the boat rental business, how to think about it and what we liked. And of course, as always, what we did not like. Here's the episode. Hey, Michael here. Want to talk to you about today's sponsor for the episode, uh, which is cloudbookkeeping.com. Uh, so Cloud Bookkeeping is actually run by my neighbor, Charlie. So I've met him in person and uh, can attest that he's a real human being and a good person. Uh, and what Cloud Bookkeeping does is offer a full suite of bookkeeping services uh, all in the cloud uh, for you around QuickBooks and other technologies that you're using as a small business owner. Uh, so if you're interested in getting the bookkeeping part of running a business off of your plate and focusing on running your business, uh, Charlie and his team are one to call. Um, they can put together a bunch of other stuff in terms of helping you manage and grow your business besides just bookkeeping, um, sophisticated reporting, uh, definitely helping you get your QuickBooks online set up in the right way, uh, and a number of things around payroll as well. So uh, definitely know them and recommend them. If you want to find out more about Cloud Bookkeeping, um, you can go to their website at cloudbookkeeping.com. Uh, reach out to Charlie. I know many of you have uh, and see if he can help you uh, make your running your business easier and more fun by uh, letting them help with a lot of the bookkeeping solutions. So, uh, And when you call, mention this podcast. Uh, it would help us uh, and help Charlie know uh, that we're supporting him as well. So Thanks a bunch and cloudbookkeeping.com uh, as the sponsor for today's episode. And we're back. And we're back. I think Michael just scrolls through Biz by Cell and picks the prettiest pictures and says, ooh, let's do that one. <laughs> Look, I only want to do Texas deals, but I think this That's one's true. actually interesting. Uh, and I think it's pretty cool because it's just down the road from me. It's in Austin, which I don't know if you've heard is a suburb of San Antonio. Are you guys aware of that? I did hear. I heard that on a podcast once. Yeah. Yeah, they're, uh, they're nice people down there and uh, look forward to them, you know, getting consumed by San Antonio at some point in the future. <laughs> so this one, uh, you know, we were talking about before we click record, a lot of people don't know there's a lot of lakes around Austin. There's also lakes around San Antonio and all the places in between. And the two cities are about 75 miles apart. But west of Austin, there are a number of really beautiful lakes. Uh, and then that extends down into Austin itself where they have Town Lake, um, which has turned into a really neat downtown for Austin, which um, is super cool. So what this is, is uh, Lake Travis, which is one of the more popular lakes around Austin and um, creates a cool lifestyle for a number of people. You can live at Lake Travis and like drive into Austin to work and stuff like that. And so you live like this lake life. Do you guys, I guess, does Southern California have like lake life type <laughs> Not people? lakes. We have no lakes. We have the ocean. Pacific Ocean. You do boat charters out there or through the harbors and whatnot, but we don't have lakes. Nope. Yeah. And then Bill, how what's North Carolina? Do they have like Lake Life there as well? Yeah, yeah. We've got a couple of lakes near Charlotte and Lake Norman, Lake Wiley. Super cool. Okay. Well, um, actually, do you do you guys know which uh which state has the most lakes? It's Minnesota, is it not? Land of land of a million lakes. It's like their tagline. Yeah, it's crazy. It's on their putter. Lando Lakes. It's from Minnesota. Yeah. All those glaciers like plowed through like 30,000 years ago and created all this like opportunity for lakes and then it like rains and stuff like super cool. 
yeah, we stayed in downtown Minneapolis over the summer and it was really, really neat. They have lakes like right in the middle of town. So, okay. So this one is a fast growing and profitable boat charter company on Lake Travis in Austin, Texas, in Travis County. They're asking $650,000 and it cash flows $195,000. Gross revenue is $376,000. Inventory is $10,000. EBITDA is $121,000. Rent is four thousand per month. It was started in twenty twenty two, and FF and E is three hundred fifty thousand um, dollars. So just get my head around the numbers there. Gross revenue is three seventy six. Cash flow is one ninety five. But EBITDA is a lower number of one hundred twenty one thousand. That doesn't make sense Weird. to me. Bill, Bill, am I, SD, am I an idiot? S, cash flow it's is SDE. Cash flow has got to be yeah. SDE. My favorite okay. SDE. Yes. All right. So SDE. Let's just. I mean, that just that makes sense. SDE of one ninety five. Revenue of three seventy five, and the asking price is six fifty, which yeah. we'll come back to in a minute. At first glance, the prospect here is you live somewhere near Lake Travis, you spend every day on the lake, and like your job is to make sure people have a good time on the lake, and you make two hundred thousand dollars a year for the privilege of doing so. <laughs> kind of seems kind of good. Um. So strategically located and fully turnkey with automation and staff, we are one of the fastest growing boat charter companies in the state. We operate on Lake Travis in Austin, Texas. Our company is established and in the top three highest rated companies in Austin, Texas with thousands of five-star reviews and rated in the top two on TripAdvisor in our category. We leverage automation and have developed a playbook that has made our growth rate the envy of all other charter companies. Our boats are less than three years old maintained on an aggressive schedule and located in a marina that can never go dry, which is a highly strategic advantage. The business comes with all assets, including the website, Google My Business page, boats, documentation, as well as an established team and management that can make this truly turnkey and optional for an owner to participate in. Has two employees, FF&E, including boats, is included in the asking price. Facilities are seven luxury and highly maintained pontoon boats less than three years old with associated safety equipment. Lily pads and coolers on each boat, office space rented if needed, high converting website and associated advertising campaigns, business phone and automation with regards to communication established and available for an extra fee. They have a highly competitive market, they say. However, most of the competitors operate on legacy advertising models. Our company has disrupted the market and went from new entrant to most feared competitor in a very short amount of time by leveraging next generation marketing tools and deployment of automation and operational structure and focus. Expanded details will be shared privately. The strategic location inside of a marina, as most marinas do not allow commercial operations or do not allow new companies, math of gross opportunities, as this is the company is truly just getting started, even though most would consider us one of the top companies on the lake. Cash flow positive and completely owner absentee due to management in place and automation. Massive opportunity for someone who is growth oriented and looking to continue the momentum that has been established. Seller financing we will be considered and willing to support for one month, but business is completely turnkey with established management in place. They say they are selling because uh, they are relocating out of state. And my favorite detail, they list here on Biz by Sell who the, who the listing agent is, and it says, business listed by Jeff. <laughs> That's just it, it's just Jeff. Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> it's like share, Prince, Jeff. <laughs> That's funny. I did, right. I actually worked on a business very similar to this in Hawaii last year that was a snorkel tour uh, business. And it, it basically what made the business, the franchise value was the limited number of licenses 
And it sort of sounds like that's, you know, there's sort of a limited number of, of entrants that can get into the market here because of the marina location. Uh, and the other piece that I learned about that other business was the SEO marketing and the importance of that and price point. Uh, it sounds like they've, they're bragging here about their, their capabilities in terms of marketing. Um, but what I learned about the, uh, the deal in Hawaii is a lot of them sort of, when demand is at its peak and there's only so many boats and everybody's wanting to go out on the, on the, on the lake that day, they sort of share leads. So if one business has, you know, too many people signing up, they, they sort of cooperate uh, with the other, the other, at least in Hawaii, they did this. Um, mm -hmm. And everybody sort of stays busy. Uh, and it, and the market is really controlled by the limited entrants or the limited number of licenses uh, or spaces or dock spaces or what whatnot. I wonder if that's the case here. Well, and some of those some of those Hawaii licenses are because they're taking people out to like a you know a, a wildlife sanctuary sanctuary or that sort of thing. So like, there's three buoys you can tie up to, and that's just the number of people they're going to let go out to that reef at any given time. So yeah, it's a genius kind of thing if you own one of those one of those boats. So my favorite charter boat story, I don't think I've told you guys this, but my wife and I went out to Maui for our honeymoon and we go out on one of those boats to go to a little island called Molokini, I think it was, where you like, you know, you go out and like you snorkel for a day and we get on there and it's like us and like all Korean newlyweds, like all Korean newlyweds. <laughs> and I'm like, this is the weirdest thing ever. Why is this all Korean newlyweds? And uh, then I look up and like the staff is acting like it's totally normal. They're all like people like clearly Americans and they all speak broken Korean to these people, these Korean newlyweds on the boat. And all the Koreans are taking selfies and like having fun. They're popping bottles, you know, like, like it's just, it's just ridiculous. And um, so I asked the staff, I was like, what, what is going on here? Like, why is this all Korean newlyweds? And uh, they told me that, in the past couple of years, some Korean K-pop star had made going on this particular charter in Maui part of their video and like it went viral across all of Korea. And from then on, every Korean newlywed, that was something you had to do at that time to go out on this particular boat to celebrate your stuff because that was just how it was done based on that one K-pop star doing it. And so all the staff had picked up Korean, like they were catering to Korean. All the signs were in English and Korean. Like it was, it was a trip, man. It was just super cool. Wow. Talk about like a going viral in such a strange way. Like they went from just a regular company to now viral Korean halfway around the world. Well, and, and you see weird stuff like that happen societally that's just totally unpredictable. And like they talk about how like in the Mad Men era, remember all those men, like they would wear hats like everywhere. Like that was just part of the thing, right? And there was stylish hats that you would wear. And then like JFK, you know, and this may be kind of apocryphal, but like JFK gets up there and is the first kind of president to give his inauguration speech without a top hat. And like everybody after that, like, like top hats and all those kind of classic things just like go by the wayside. But it was just because of this monumental moment that a leader of society or whatever had changed it. And then like all of society is suddenly like, nope, we're doing this other thing now. Thank you. Like, yeah, we're not wearing top hats anymore. Like we're done. <laughs> so back to boat charters. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, so, my bad. Because I've thought about this. Because uh, as I mentioned, we have two big lakes and it seems like easy money because these things are slammed 
in the summers, right? You basically this is like rent a pontoon boat, take it out either with or without a captain, drink a bunch, have a great time, return it. Um, this is you're like your I think your kind of simplest illustration of buy versus build. So these folks are two years in. It started in 2022. They're two years in. It's late 2023. Uh, they say they got $350,000 of FF&E. I'm going to assume that means these boats are two years old, which is not that old, assuming they bought new boats. So the first thing you want to do is diligence, like the quality of these boats, because the boats that you're renting are the business, right? But let's assume they got $350,000 of new boats. Uh, they are selling the business for $650,000. So basically, you're your question is, should I go buy $350,000 of boats and compete with these people? Or should I buy $650,000 of boats plus brand plus license in this marina, uh, you know, and Google rank? That's essentially the build versus buy decision here. Um, so I would be saying, first of all, do I really need $350,000 worth of boats? Do they have the right boats? Are these the boats that I would buy if I were starting this business again from scratch? And by the way, I would ask the seller that too. If you were starting this over, would you buy these exact same boats or would you have some different boats? I would also definitely go talk to the marina, this marina and the marinas around and verify that claim that they're actually not letting new companies in because that would be very easy to write in an in a OM here, but not actually be the case. Like you slip somebody five grand, you might get a new new operating license pretty quick, uh, you know, on Lake Travis. You never know. Uh, but it just, whenever I see a super young business like this, I'm, you know, props to them, right? Like they came in, they probably said, everybody sucks at digital marketing. We're going to have a great TripAdvisor page. We're going to run Google ads. We're going to have a good online booking system. And we're just going to make this easy. We're going to be easy to deal with. And we're going to have boats and rock and roll will take some share. And it seems like that's what they've done. But there's not a lot of moat around a lot of that right? Just good. And you can, I can tell you there's no mode around it because at the bottom of this listing, the seller offers to do the marketing remotely for a fee to continue to do your marketing. So not that it's not good marketing, but like this is, I got to believe kind of basic local business, digital marketing playbook, you know, executed well. So you can buy, I think you could buy $350,000 of boats, grease a guy at maybe even a better low marina, 50 grand, uh, and do your own marketing, and probably within six months, you've probably got this business. What do you guys think? Well, and the fact that the fact that these guys did that right in 2022 <laughs> leads, leads you to believe maybe there's an opportunity to do it again, right? To go do a de novo version of of what this is. Do you need video content for your business that doesn't suck? Double Jump Media is your one stop shop for high quality, highly engaging video content. They have over a decade of experience producing great, memorable videos for their clients across North America and beyond. And those clients have taken those videos and turned that into millions more in sales for their business to help them grow and achieve their goals. And a distinguishing characteristic that sets them apart is they have a small team that does everything in-house. So what you see on their portfolio page and what you see on their website, that's what you're going to get. They do everything soup to nuts, consulting, scripting, strategy, production, post-production, helping you put it all together to produce something that is just as top-notch as your brand. So whether you're rebranding an existing product, you've just bought a business, or you're trying to grow the one that you have, the Double Jump team is one that is down to clown. By the way, they've wrote that down to clown thing. I know what it means, but it sounds awesome. 
So to get in touch with them, visit doublejump.media, fill out their form, tell them that we sent you, have an introductory call at no cost to you, and figure out what's best for your business. They're great folks and can help you on your journey in producing amazing video content to help meet your business needs and goals. And thanks to them for sponsoring today's episode. One thing I do want to add is like, if people are thinking these are like ski boats, these are not ski boats. These are like those pontoon boats that are like on aluminum pontoons. And they might have like a 15 or even a 45 horsepower motor. Like we've rented these before. They're super fun. And, but they're not like you're going to go 60 miles an hour and go skiing behind them. So just, just FYI, these are like party boats for sure. And I think to your point, Bill, it comes down to whether there really are, whether there are uh, permits available or not. You'd have to diligence that Um, because they didn't make it clear. Did they buy in to somebody else's permits or did they get a new permit? And that would be my question. If they got a new permit, then you're right. Then then anybody can. Yeah, it it depends on like, okay, maybe this one marina is closed, but maybe there's another marina that's even better. It's just pay to play. It's 50 to 100 grand and you got your own permit. You know, I think it's just when you think about build versus buy is this is a simple enough business that you can see the, the build cost pretty clearly. It's an equipment rental business. Buy the equipment. And what else do you really need to do? Maybe you need a permit. Maybe that costs 50 or 100 grand. And then you got to ask yourself, is the spread between the startup cost and the business valuation here really worth it? Uh, if this were me, I would approach these guys and I'd offer them 400 grand. You know, I'd value those boats. At may- or maybe I'd offer them 350. I'd offer them whatever the value of the boats were on the open market, plus like a token 25 to 50 grand. Uh, and say, you're moving out. If you're really moving out of state, I bet you want to be done with this. And yeah, like there's a wind down value to this business. You can sell these boats individually on Craigslist or to a dealer or whatever. I'll offer you 50 grand more than that and I'll close immediately. That's, that's how I'd approach this guy. Man, it's tough to try to sell a business that's like 15 months old. Like, <laughs> there's not a lot of history there. You're, I mean, yeah, I agree with you, Bill. Like you're, you're talking about basically doing an asset sale for the boat, for boats and everything. That tends to make a lot of sense when you have this little history. I'm going to venture to guess from what you said earlier, you know, Michael, about people wanting to this lifestyle that and and because this price isn't very high and there's some seller financing, I I bet they do sell it for this to someone who really is in love with the idea of the lifestyle. Not saying it's worth that, but I think they'll find a buyer. One thing, I I agree with you. I think they're totally going to get it. I think it's reasonably priced for what it is. I think people are like, I can move to Austin. I can live by a lake. I can hang out with boaters all day. I would tell you, there's a huge difference between boaters and drunk boaters. And you're you're dealing with a lot of (laughs) drunk boaters, which they talk about here about the level of coolers uh, and Yetis and stuff that are included. This this, This is party boat city. The thing we're thinking about with this is Texas is not Florida. And like your business is going to get done here between May and September. And then it's going to shut off like a light for the rest of the year. I mean, we, Heather, I know this would have been life-threatening to you, but the weather here got below 60 degrees last week and it was still October. (laughs) And like, you know, as some, since you're from Southern California, I know that's like very scary. That is very, very scary. I'm glad you made it. (laughs) (laughs) We survived. We we put on a jacket. (laughs) So here's another thing to know about Texas rivers and Texas lakes. A lot of the lakes around this area, we don't have a ton of water, but a lot of the lakes around South Texas actually exist because back in the 1930s, when they were doing, during the Great Depression, they were doing the New Deal and all that stuff to try to reboot the economy, 
they came in and built a number of dams to create these lakes. Okay. Mm. So like, for example, northeast of San Antonio, there's this chain of lakes along the Guadalupe River that were all these dams, like four or five different dams that were built during the Great Depression. And the idea was they created these things to be power generating dams. And that seemed like a great idea. That was the business model for all of these dams to continue and the government owned them and all that kind of stuff. But what it turns out when you dig into it and the way technology went, small scale dams are actually terrible in terms of being efficient to generate power versus say just opening up like a natural gas plant or a nuclear power plant, for example. So eventually these dams were left after 20 or 30 years with no business model to support themselves. So because there was no money and Texans also don't like to pay taxes, uh, you ended up with these dams falling into basically a period of basically no maintenance and reaching their end of life, like over a hundred years. So three years ago, right before COVID, one of the dams failed and like a whole lake, like just emptied out and like, like surprised everybody, flooded houses, all this kind of stuff. And they went through and uh, basically like shut down all the lakes. Like you couldn't go on any of these lakes. Uh, My parents have a lake house. We couldn't go on the lake. And then eventually it got so bad that uh, because it was so dangerous, they were like, okay, we got to empty out these lakes. So your lake went from like this nice ski lake to like a little tiny stream going in front of your house (laughs) and a bunch of mud. And uh, so my parents uh, and a bunch of people I know who have lake houses in between San Antonio and Austin uh, have had basically creek houses for the past for the past four years because you got to go through this whole process. Like, who's going to pay for it? None of the baby boomers who own those houses were like, wait, we have to pay taxes to build a new dam? Like, that's not our problem. Like, borrow the money. Like, let's make this happen. Uh, our kids will pay for it. And anyway, so so they had to figure out over a couple of years who was going to pay for it. Finally, the boomers agreed to, and all the property owners agreed to have a tax levy And now they're going back and rebuilding all of those dams. But look, like, I think it's worth pointing out with this deal, like when you are on a lake like this, nature and humanity's impact on nature, that's part of the deal. We have droughts here all the time where it doesn't rain for a year. That's happened in my lifetime. And these lakes get so low, you can't boat on them or do anything. And they mentioned this in this particular, in this particular ad, which is like, hey, like you're in one of the parts of the lake that if it goes down three feet, which happens all the time, like you can still access the marina. But there are other marinas and even people's houses that you can't access via boat uh, if the lake goes down. So anyway, that's just something to think about with this deal. But also like to Bill's point, like if you're gonna buy something like this, go like spend three or four months and talk to everybody about the history of the area because there may be stuff you need to know about like, I don't know, how old is the dam on this lake? Yeah. It's worth it's worth digging into as you do your diligence. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Um, the, the other thing worth mentioning to your point about how this dries up in the winter, right? People aren't boating in the winter. Those, it, on one hand, great. You just kind of dry dock the boats and wonderful. I have six months off. On the other hand, though, businesses that run for six months and then stop for six months alternately are almost impossible to staff. I mean, not impossible. They're just, just a huge pain in the butt because basically you start from scratch every year because, you know, all your employees go do something else. They got to eat for the winter. And so it's very hard to find an employee that somehow has an exactly counter seasonal job and they kind of have two jobs and is a long and they're going to do that for a decade. So functionally, every year you're rehiring your help. So you got to have really good systems, really good process, training, oversight, controls. Uh, There's an HR function here that doesn't go away. 
I mean, one of the nice things about having a, owning a business for a long time is hopefully you settle in with some stable employees. You get to know them. They get to know their jobs. You know, everybody's happy. But this is this looks like a different company. The boats are the same, but the people are different every year. I mean, I think that the nice thing about that is you can potentially like find coaches or teachers who come back every season. But there's a problem with that. And, and I call that the lifeguard problem, which is the pool near me has to do exactly what you're talking about, Bill. Like they have to hire these college kids and high school kids to uh, to operate their pool and work in them as lifeguards and staffers and all that kind of stuff. It's perfect. And they get coaches to supervise the pool and it all turns out pretty well. But there's a problem, which is all the customers want to go to the pool through Labor Day and maybe even to September. But college and high school starts in Texas in the second week of August. So like basically what you see is like this is massive, like the entire staff is like, see, I'm going back to school. And like you're stuck trying to figure out how to staff this business for like another month. Uh, so it creates like a huge mess. But yeah, super fun. <laughs> yep. All right. Uh, I, maybe I will own a boat rental business one day, but that's this is a great retirement business, I think. I think, yeah, if it seems like fun. I think it's a cool opportunity. I actually like this. I think for the right person, if this seems like fun to you and you also have those like digital skills, like I think it's a good, it's a good business to buy it's like husband and wife team. And the husband's like a, or the wife's or either one, like a digital marketing nerd, like, and the husband loves people and wants to hang out with drunk 22 year olds all the time and clean, spray down their puke off of a boat. Like <laughs> fantastic. Yeah. Am I not really selling it? Uh, well, you know, maybe not to some listeners, but to others, I bet you're selling it. <laughs> <laughs> Super good. Right. Okay, uh, cool. Well, anything else you guys want to wrap up this one? I, the only thing that this is missing is that they don't make pizza on the boats. If they made pizza on the boats, I would be in. <laughs> <laughs> pizza boat. I love the pizza boat. Yeah, uh, we'll put a link to uh, below to the episode number for the pizza boat. So super fun. All right. All Thank right. you, guys. We'll see you next week.